everybody. Welcome to Two Minutes and Beyond, the podcast where we review the Toy Story movies two minutes at a time. I'm Bianca, and this is Macy. Hello. Hi. In this episode, we're talking about minutes 29 and 30 of Toy Story. I'm so excited about these minutes that we get to talk about. I know, me too. This is like one of the parts that's like leading up to one of my most favorite parts, so I'm yeah. thoroughly excited. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. I feel like it's been a while since we recorded. You know, I was thinking I think it's about been like three that. weeks. Yes, it's been a while. And I've been thinking like, man, I feel like I haven't talked to you in ages. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We haven't really, we haven't really, other than like Discord messaging and stuff, we haven't, we haven't really talked much outside of actually doing the podcast lately, which is sad. We probably should. We should. Oh, well. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, let's get started. Yes, let's. This clip begins with Woody slowly backing away from the rest of the toys. Rex notices RC trying to get everyone's attention and says, Hey, everyone, Rex is, uh, RC is trying to say something. What is it, boy? Mr. Potato Head says he's saying that this was no accident. Bo asks, what do you mean? And Mr. Potato Head responds, I mean Humpty Dumpty was pushed. Everybody gasps and Potato Head points and shouts, by Woody. Woody tries to defend himself, saying, you don't think I meant to knock Buzz out of the window, do you, Potato Head? And Potato Head says, that's Mr. Potato Head to you, you backstabbing murderer. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's, like, one of my favorite lines. (laughs) (laughs) Potato Head is having... He's enjoying this way too much. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, he's being so overdramatic. He's like, Humpty Dumpty was was pushed by Woody. (laughs) I know, the way he violently just says, by Woody. Like, he's really out to get him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he... He has not liked Woody for the longest time, and he finally gets his chance to uh, uh, take out his revenge isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. He has to take out his frustrations. I really do feel like Mr. Potato Head is like a suppressed serial killer. Like, he has murderous (laughs) intent, but he can't do anything because he's a potato. (laughs) Well, especially if you think about what he does later. Yes. In this scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm telling you, I really do think that if this was a much darker movie, he would be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I I also love um RC communicating like Lassie and they're like Rex is like, what is it, boy? <laughs> Yes, I like that too. And it's funny that Mr. Potato Head is the one that understands RC. That's what I was wondering about. Cause like, is RC is RC accusing Woody of pushing Buzz out the window, or is he just trying to say that RC or that Woody was using him to push RC behind the desk? That's probably what he was trying to say, but because Mr. Potato Head is the horrible evil villain that he is, he's going to use every chance possible to try to kill Woody. 
I mean, that's kind of what I was what I was thinking. But then here in a minute, RC is one of the ones who like turns on Woody and is like surrounding him. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll never know because we don't speak RC. <laughs> we don't speak Lassie. We don't speak Lassie. Electronic <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah. I also like the way that when uh, Potato Head says Humpty Dumpty was pushed and Slinky reacts and he 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 says no and his ears go up. <laughs> <laughs> He's cute. I love Slinky so much. He reminds me so much of um, one of our dogs. He was just like the happiest dog ever. We loved him to death. And, you know, this was a few years back, but he passed away. We were so devastated. Oh. Yeah. Our poor little dog. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of the dog I dog sat for this past week. This little terrier who would just like get, once he, once he warmed up to me, he would, he would sometimes just like stare at me and then I'd be like, hey, what you doing? And, and he would all of a sudden perk up and start wagging his tail. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. <laughs> So at the 24 second mark, Woody says, now it was an accident, guys. Come on, you got to believe me. Slinky pipes up and says, we believe you, Woody. When no one backs him up, he looks over at Rex and says, right, Rex? Rex panics and says, I don't like confrontations. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Rex lines in this me movie too i it, it's funny because at work whenever everybody's trying to get me on their side when something happens i tell them that i tell them i don't like <laughs> confrontation it's very relatable <laughs> it is and i really don't like confrontations and it's funny because the people that don't like confrontations the most those are the ones that always get caught up within things going on either at work or in friendships it just it never fails it's like people realize that you despise being in confrontations and they decide to just drag you in with them i know i i thought it was funny the way like when again slinky's being adorable he just like when he pipes up and says uh we believe you woody he's like wagging his tail and then when everyone turns around to stare at him his his tail like drops yeah <laughs> He's a genuine man's best friend poster mm -hmm. child. Yeah. <laughs> I I also thought it was interesting that like Slink asks Rex to back him up when like Bo is right there. And I'm like, she's his girlfriend. That's true. <laughs> Why did he look at Rex? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that until until watching this clip and i was like huh that's that's interesting i don't know why why when she was literally standing right next to him why wouldn't he think to to, to look ask at Bo her to back ask. him up yeah exactly and i feel like maybe they did that just so that they could have someone else just not be in the middle of it and not create like an in-depth argument but also, that's kind of rude because she could have gotten more screen time, but she didn't. <laughs> Speaking of that, I would really love to know what was going through Bo's mind through this whole scene. Because she kind of st like stays back and doesn't really participate. 
mm-hmm. until things start to get really heated when she tells him, like, would you boys stop it? Yeah. Like, does I- she... Does she think Potato Head might might be right, or does she believe Woody, or does she not know what to think, or like, right? What, I think what that it, she is more of um, not so much like get in the middle of everything in the heat of the moment, but like to stop and think things through. But because everything's happening so fast, she can't say anything, so she just has to wait until all of this <laughs> fiasco just blows up yeah and i don't think i don't think she i don't think she believes what potato head is saying i think she probably believes woody at least based on what she does later in this movie and i I don't know like she might also be mad at him because of the way probably he's been treating buzz like she sees it so it's not like she can be like oh yeah he's he's fine he's not doing anything no she sees what he's doing mm-hmm. so she's probably trying to process that too like she's probably mad at him and then also trying not to get involved in the situation thinking like well this is his problem he has to figure it out for himself so i don't it's know it's like either either way Whatever happened, he got them he got himself into this, so Right. And that's probably what she thinks too. Like this is his problem. Whatever happens, he's gonna have to get himself out of it. Yeah. Because I feel like she's not gonna take any crap for anything. And she's like, You got yourself into this, you gotta get yourself out of it. <laughs> yeah. I just wish they would have shown a little more of like her like what's going on with her throughout this whole story but i know she's just there for decoration pretty much pretty much (laughs) unfortunately unfortunately i know poor Bo. all right so at the 35 second mark sarge pops out of the bucket of soldiers and yells where's your honor dirtbag you're an absolute disgrace you don't deserve to and is cut off by woody putting the lid back on the bucket. Mr. Potato Head continues to accuse Woody, saying, couldn't handle Buzz cutting in on your playtime, could you, Woody? Didn't want to face the fact that Buzz might just be Andy's new favorite toy, so you got rid of him. Potato Head walks towards Woody as he's talking, and Woody walks backwards until he almost falls off the desk. Potato Head continues saying, well, what if Andy starts playing with me more, Woody, huh? Are you going to knock me out of the window, too? Ham says, I don't think we should give him the chance. That close-up shot of Potato Head's face when he says, "You're gonna knock me out of the window too," has al- has always like s- slightly scared me. <laughs> this is very it's threatening. Very, it's very threatening and very intense. Yes, I know. And my favorite, I've probably said this the most as a kid growing up. But whenever someone would do something, I'd be like, "Where's your honor, dirtbag?" <laughs> Speaking of that, according to the audio commentary, Arlie Ermey, the actor who played Sarge, mm-hmm. um, he actually came up with a lot of Sarge's lines from that part. And he said it's just like, because he was a drill sergeant. Right. So he knows how to do that kind of thing. And he said it's basically just like, 
it's just like poetry to him. <laughs> it's basically second nature for a drill sergeant because mm-hmm. you've been through that your whole life and you're just, you know, constantly saying crazy things like that. So I'm pretty sure he had no trouble thinking of where's your honor dirt bag. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much of it was written versus how much was him making it up, but or if it was all him making making it up, but either way it's it's really good. <laughs> it's pretty great. I've thoroughly enjoyed that part and watching it every time it always makes me smile cuz I'm like it's just funny. It sounds funny. <laughs> mhm. And in the Black Friday version of the scene that we talked about last week, he actually says we we hear a little bit more of what he says to Woody. And instead of getting off when he says, you don't deserve, and that he uh, he says, you don't deserve to wear a 10-gallon hat on your pint-sized head. And then <laughs> I he forgot tells, he says that. That's so great. Yeah, that's oh funny. Oh, my gosh. That is I wish great. they would have left that in instead of cutting it off. <laughs> I know. They should have kept that. That would have made the movie, like, 40 million times better. <laughs> yeah, but then... And then he uh, he tells his men to set out, send out a medevac team to find Buzz, and then Buzz or Woody p- picks him up and puts him back in the in the bucket. Oh, that's right, he does. Instead of just closing the lid on him, he actually physically picks him up. Yeah. Which, speaking of that, I don't know why Woody just being able to shut him up by putting that lid on is so funny to me. But that it cracks me up <laughs> every time. I'm like, just the fact that he's, he's, I mean, he's a drill sergeant basically, but he's a, he's this tiny little piece of plastic. He's itty bitty. And it's just funny because you think of it like, I don't know if it's the equivalent of like when someone's yelling and they're mad, but they're also tiny, and the person's just tired of hearing them, so they just close the door on them. They're like, and be quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just funny. It is funny. I do enjoy fun little tidbits like that. So at the 56 second mark, the bucket of soldiers pops open. Sarge yells, there he is, man, drag him! And the soldiers jump on him. Potato Head says, let's string him up by his pull string, and Ham calls dibs on his hat. Bo <laughs> yells, would you boys stop it? But no one listens to her. The toys surround him with Rocky and Robot pulling his arms and Snake wrapping his feet. Woody tries to tell them that he can explain everything, but before anything else can happen, they hear Andy yelling, okay, mom, be right down. I've got to get Buzz." They all run back to their places and Woody freezes and drops onto the desk just in time for Andy to come back. I always feel like they could hear, like the parent, the mom and Andy can hear all yes. of this commotion going on. <laughs> Literally, they're making all this noise and then and then two seconds later, Andy opens the door. There's no way he didn't hear them. I know. And then I think to myself, do they just think their house is haunted? Like, do they think maybe that's why they're moving? They're like, we've got to get out of here. This house is haunted. (laughs) And then, like, Andy realizes Buzz isn't in the spot where he left him. He left him literally on top of Woody. Yeah. I would be freaked out. I would have screamed. I would have called for my mom. I would have been like, come here right now. 
my toys have moved. Something's missing. Someone called 911. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I probably wouldn't freak out immediately because I'm literally putting stuff down and then like picking it back up and putting it in a different spot and then thinking later thinking that I left it in the, the same spot as before. <laughs> And not being able to find things. So that my first assumption would just be that I that I put them somewhere else and I forgot. Oh yeah. I um I've done that too. The other day I was putting stuff away and I had picked something up off the floor and I set it on um like an ottoman that I have that I keep all my blankets in. And I forgot that I had left it there so when I was looking for it on the floor and I see it up there I freaked out for a second and then I remembered (laughs) to myself okay I specifically remember after freaking out that I actually did do that but I was like man for a second I was like oh someone did this (laughs) yeah plus Andy is like a six or seven year old boy so he probably misplaces things all the time probably i feel like as a seven-year-old even as a five-year-old i've always freaked out with stuff like that i think because i saw toy story toy story as much as i love it and as much as it's my favorite it's really messed up my brain (laughs) i feel like i have become more paranoid And I feel like, well, what if my toys really are alive? And what if something is moving in my room? (laughs) So there's that downside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can understand that. (laughs) Oh, I noticed in the first shot of the soldiers jumping onto him, there's Mm -hmm. more there's more of them than like in the shot a couple seconds later. Oh. It's very strange. You know what? I think I want to say yes, because they're like almost completely covering Woody. And then in the next shot, there's not that many. Yeah, it's weird. That is weird. It's like he shook some of them off or something. Yeah. Well, another thing I was going to mention is that the way he like flails his arms around trying to... <laughs> Trying to get them off is funny. (laughs) Like there's some kind of bug that's landed on his arm or something. He's just, I, you know, that's one of the things that I thoroughly enjoy about Woody's character is that he's very comically animated as far as like all of his movements. Yeah. He's just such a floppy doll. So they, I'm pretty sure the team had a ton of fun animating him. To be as yeah. floppy as possible. <laughs> I think I mentioned before that they took a lot of inspiration for his animation from the actor Ray Bolger, who played Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And the way he would move around. He like, was pretty fun, Like too. a floppy Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly Woody. If he was <laughs> a human or if he was an actor, he'd be Scarecrow. <laughs> In the audio commentary during the scene, they said that the part with the army men all over Woody was the most difficult and complex scene in 
the entire movie. And it was animated by animator Ash Brannon. Oh. So good job, Ash Brannon. Good job, because that, you know, it looks pretty good for being their first computer animated movie. Like, I've seen some pretty bad animations. And as you know, as much (laughs) as Danny Gonzalez, YouTuber, likes to poke fun (laughs) at horrible, horrible animated movies. (laughs) This one was actually done fairly well. Like the way everybody, every individual little soldier was jumping on, it doesn't look too terribly fake. It doesn't look too like clunky or too Mm -hmm. um, unnatural, even though this is, fictional <laughs> i mean to be fair it doesn't always look super great but it that's doesn't. mostly that's mostly just because of you know the the limitations of the time and not not because of anything that the animators did themselves right exactly and coming from that time period this was actually done exceptionally well mm-hmm. considering that this was like one of the very few animations that were out there that was computer generated. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, that little bit with the soldiers looking or jumping on him does just from the perspective of a person who doesn't know anything about animation does seem like it would be really complicated. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, even just drawing a bunch of little soldiers on top of woody would be frustrating even if you were doing it 2d that would be a lot of a bunch of little figures having to animate and that takes time too so having to computer animate it i can imagine that that was even more complicated yeah maybe that's part of why there's fewer soldiers in that second shot because he kind of had to do what he had to do to make it a little bit more simple (laughs) I know, poor guys. Probably like you know what? Forget it. You're only getting five soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Since we mentioned Danny Gonzalez, I think I'm gonna put his video about the Ratatouille knockoff. Oh my gosh! Please, in the show that notes. is one of my favorites. It is so awful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not the video itself, but the movie he's reviewing is awful. The video yes. itself is great. The video is fantastic. The movie is not so much. <laughs> Yeah, and it'll give you a sense of what happens when 3D animation is done extremely poorly. Yes. On like a $2 budget. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. It's really bad. Yes. So if anybody's curious about Danny Gonzalez, please look at that video. It is, you will not regret it. Maybe you will. But you might after you see those female rats, you oh might regret gosh, it. Those female rats. <laughs> and the the one sequence that repeats over and over again. <laughs> yes, yeah, that too. Oh goodness. Okay. So, anyways, moving on. Bef- before we move on. Oh, okay. One thing. I want to know why so what do you what he freezes and then drops to the desk of the ground i want to know why does he always freeze first and then drop and not just like lay down and then this freeze? is true why does he do like why can't he just like stop drop and roll and then freeze 
That seems like it would be less painful for sure. Not just that, Andy can hear the thud of him falling. Mm-hmm. Why did... That's not questions. the only time he does it that way either. I know. He does it a lot of times like that. And Maybe so that's does, just his signature. I think so does Jesse and, and probably some of the other toys too. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just for... Just for the sake of the movie it just seems more dramatic that way i guess i don't know i guess or maybe just to look like more natural when he falls like an actual ragdoll when he so falls. it looks like he's actually draped on the ground and not just like he intentionally laid down intentionally lying down like with his little hands folded underneath his <laughs> head like he's sleepy <laughs> yeah that could be it that's probably what it is just to make it look more like, oh, Andy dropped him there, and that's how he flopped. Yeah. Hmm. Probably. Anyways. Probably. <laughs> At the 1 minute 12 second mark, Andy looks for Buzz and is disappointed when he isn't there. He yells to his mom downstairs and asks if she knows where Buzz is, and she says she hasn't seen him. Woody hears a whispering sound and looks over to see Mr. Potato Head and etch a sketch. Etch draws a noose, and Potato Head points at Woody. Mom yells that she's heading out the door, and Andy says, But Mom, I can't find him. Mom yells uh, and tells him to grab another toy instead. He sighs disappointedly and says, Okay, and takes Woody instead. I feel like that's kind of gut-wrenching for Woody. Like, uh, rude. <laughs> I know, like, he's only taking him... Because he can't take Buzz. Like, he's disappointed that he has to take him instead of Buzz. I know. He's like, guess I'll grab my smelly cowboy doll. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even then, still, he could have picked any other toy. He still picked Woody. True. He could have picked Mr. Potato Head, which I'm pretty sure would have infuriated Woody <laughs> even more. I feel like it might have confused him more than anything else. True. He would have been like, why did you grab the potato? He's not even yours. <laughs> also, he has a bunch of parts that you have to keep track of and try not to lose. Oh, yeah. That would be awful. I feel like it would have been the most shocking if he had grabbed Bo Peep and just <laughs> took Bo Peep. He should have grabbed Bo Peep. You know, that I... would have been fantastic. He should have just grabbed her and been like, you said grab any toy, Mom, so I did. <laughs> I mean, that might have been dangerous for Bo, considering that she's, you know, porcelain, but unbreakable. Yeah, and he's going to Pizza At Planet, a place like and there's pizza, a lot of running. Pizza Planet. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. I would, you know what? I want to see... Like the way they used to do the Toy Story bloopers, I want to see that. Like Toy Story, the Toy Story Two bloopers. Yes, I wish they would have done them for every single movie. I know that would. It's been sad great. that they didn't. I want, or I want to see like the alternate universe version of this movie where where Bo is the main character, right? I know, and they and he takes her to Pizza Planet with them. I feel like we need to go work at Pixar, just info dump all of our lovely ideas to the <laughs> storyboard all this. I know. I'm going to tell them my, my ideas for my Toy Story 
Disney Plus series I wish they would make. <laughs> exactly. Not just that. We need to bring back the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. I mean, they're kind of doing that. Kind of. But I mean, like, full force, just bring it all. <laughs> and do the Tin Toy Christmas special, of course. Yes. And the... Uh, the... what What's it called? The Seekin... Speak... Speak and oh, say, speak and say, yes. speak and say, and and Mr. Spell buddy movie. You know what? I need this. I need this spinoff in my life. <laughs> Even if it's a five minute short, I need it in my life. And while they're at it, you know, give Mr. Shark his own movie. You know what? Mr. Shark needs his own like three part series mm-hmm. where we're just going on an adventure with Mr. Shark along with. All of the lovely little side characters in Forky Asks a Question. I'm so in love with Bitey White. Oh, yeah. And Cheryl Burnett. All the ones in the closet. I love them so much. (laughs) What's the the elephant one? It's Carl Reiner is the voice actor, isn't it? Carl Rhinoceros? Carl Rhinoceros. And then the elephant. Oh, gosh. What was his name? I know... Who the actor is? I can't even think of his name right now. Wait, is there a rhinoceros and an elephant? Yes, and they're both fighting over Bitey White and Cheryl Burnett. And Cheryl Burnett. <laughs> I don't... Who I, Who was the, the actor? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so sorry I mean, to I'm that gonna, actor. I can Google it. I can Google it. Okay, please do, because I feel bad that I don't remember. <laughs> Toy Story Elephant. Toy Story 4 Elephant Voice. Let's see. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Melephant Melephant Brooks. Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. We kind of went on a tangent a little bit. I don't know if all that's going to stay in. I know. That was kind of like editable material. You should do like one episode where it's all just deleted scenes and just all of our dumb tangents that we go on. It's like ten that 10 minutes of us talking about Brave from one of our early episodes. Oh, that's right. And all of our random rants about Toy Story 4 that I've... I mean, While I will have kept in, the first movie. I've kept a lot of them in, but a couple of them I've cut out because it was too much. I know we're actually reviewing the fourth movie while we're talking about the first one. <laughs> I think it's be- just because it's relatively fresh on our minds. I don't know. Probably. So, anyways, anyway, <laughs> re-railing this train. <laughs> I want to talk about Edge of Sketch because. Earlier in this movie, you know, Etch-A-Sketch and Woody are getting along just fine. They're doing their, you know, little draw thing that they do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess during the Strange Things song, we kind of talked about how <laughs> Woody was mistreating Etch-A-Sketch <laughs> and just, like, grabbing <laughs> him and shaking him. And then, so in this scene... He Etch-a-Sketch draws the noose on his screen. It's not Mr. Potato Head drawing it. It's Etch. Mm-hmm. Did Potato Head have to coerce him into doing it? Or did Potato Head just have the idea and Etch was like, yeah, I'll do it. I hate Woody now. 
See, I've always wondered that too. Like, did Mr. Potato Head hold him hostage and say, like, I'm going to dump out all of your Etch-A-Sketch stuff if you don't do this for me? Or was he just saying, like, hey, let's threaten Woody? And Etch was like, yeah, I'm down. I mean, clearly Etch is not... Etch is not a fan of Woody at this point. (laughs) Right? I know. First, he has shaken baby syndrome and then yeah i mean i don't really blame it i know he's like i was violently manhandled by an angry little cowboy (laughs) (laughs) so i'm pretty sure it was his own will to do that maybe he was slightly influenced by mr potato head but i'm pretty sure as sentient as he is he had a mind of his own, and he's also murderous. <laughs> <laughs> also, before we go on, because I just happen to be thinking of it right now, and I'm pretty sure it was our last episode we recorded, or the one before that, mm-hmm. we said that Woody should be canceled for oh, that's right. the way he treats Buzz, <laughs> and that I was gonna, I haven't edited those that episode yet, so I don't know for sure what I'm going to call it, but I said I should call it Woody Gets Cancelled. I feel like Woody Gets Cancelled should be the name of this episode. (laughs) Yeah, because for real, everybody's cancelling him in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Cancelling him by threatening to kill him. Oh my gosh. Mr. Potato Head cannot be stopped. He will not stop until he sees Woody dead. Also that showing the the noose is like really violent for a kid's movie i know i was five i didn't know what that was (laughs) for the longest time when i was a kid i thought it was an upside down light bulb oh my gosh and i was very confused (laughs) i mean i did play the game hangman but i never understood it fully like okay just don't let the little man be drawn but i didn't realize that you were actually killing the poor little stick man so that was still not processed through my brain quite yet and i mean speaking of that our next clip that we're going to be talking about as soon as we finish this one is also pretty violent it is when i was watching it i had forgotten how violent it was i have not seen toy story in a hot minute and i was like oh man i forgot about this Before we get to that, we should probably move on to the next part of this episode. Yes, let's. (laughs) Because we (laughs) like to go off on tangents. Anyway, so at the 1 minute 31 second timestamp, it cuts to a shot of Andy's mom and Molly waiting in the van outside the house. Andy walks from the house to the car saying, I couldn't find my buzz. I know I left him right there. Mom says, honey, I'm sure he's around. You'll find him. We then see Buzz coming out of the bushes. Buzz watches Andy carry Woody to the car and makes an angry face before running up and jumping to grab the car's bumper. Okay, so the first thing I noticed in this shot when Andy's coming out of the house, Molly is sitting in the front seat. I don't like that. I noticed that too. (laughs) And I'm like, maybe in 1995, it wasn't as well known how dangerous that is. I don't know. I think so, because I'm pretty sure in 1995, I did see some people putting the baby in the front seat. 
I want to say that wasn't until recently, like maybe early 2000s that they started saying, don't put your baby in the front seat. Well, I feel like with me and my siblings, we weren't allowed to sit in the front seat until we were like, I don't know, 12 or 13. Because mm-hmm. I know they had that whole campaign. Um, they showed commercials all the time where they said, if your kid is, I want to say 12 years old, or if they're four foot 11 or something like that, yeah, if they were tall right. enough, they could ride in the front seat. And I'm like, no 12 year old is going to be shorter than four foot 11. Everybody sprouts up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope that no child 12 years old is shorter than four foot 11. <laughs> I was just like, I I hope Andy's mom has the airbags turned off or something. Oh, gosh, I know. Because later on, at the end of the movie, you see Molly in the front again. When they're listening to Hakuna Matata. Yes. And I, you know, I never noticed that until when I was watching the clip and I thought to myself, that's not safe. This poor baby. I know. I, I had never thought about it either. Also, Andy's Andy's mom's van has A113 on the license plate. Yes, the fun little Easter egg. And I want to say they've put it on every single Pixar movie, somewhere in the movie. That sounds right to me. I don't know. <laughs> Which, for those, I guess if anyone doesn't know, A113 is the room number of a classroom at CalArts that um, a lot of a lot of people in the animation and like film industry had classes in at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including a lot of people at Pixar, and so they put they put references to it in a lot of their movies, not just Pixar, but uh, other other things as well. Mm-hmm. Other animators will put it in there too. I want to say that's like the beginning course for. Some art class, but that like begins their art degree. I mm-hmm. think that's what I've heard before, and that's why they put it to pay homage. Like, okay, this was my first classroom. This is the first class, and from here, this is where my career took off. Yeah, I think Brad Bird even put it in like some episodes of The Simpsons that he directed. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen it there too. Yeah. Another thing, this is not related to anything. This is just me being me. I don't like the way the plants look that the plant that Buzz comes out of because it looks like plastic. (laughs) I, now that you say that, I wonder if it's the same leaves that were used in the house plant downstairs. I think it is. Where the Green Army men were. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's the same Like they plant. maybe just re- reuse that same model. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is, the when leaves. you see Buzz falling out of the window, the leaves are different. The bush is different. Oh. And then when he comes out of it, it's that, like, fake plastic-looking houseplant. That's weird. I never noticed that. And that's always that. bothered me. The main thing that's bothered me is that it looks fake. I'm like, why does mom have... Fake plastic plants plants in her yard. (laughs) (laughs) But then I noticed that too. And I was like, this continuity error is big enough to where you're like, okay, it's that plant. It's the fake plant. But when Buzz is falling out of the window, it's a different 
bush. It's an actual bush. It's not just those plants. Yeah. That's weird. So that bothered me. (laughs) I never thought about the houseplant. I guess it's supposed to be a a fake plant. I never really thought about that either. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Either that or just the way the animation made it look. It just looks plasticky. Like the way they said, like, humans were hard to make because their skin looked plasticky. Mm -hmm. Probably the same thing happened to the plant. They're like, the plant's not going to look real. It's going to look like plastic. But... Oh, well. I don't know. I like all of mom's little momisms things oh, that yeah. she says when, when Andy's looking for Buzz. She's, she's like, I'm great. sure you'll find him. You're just not looking hard enough. I know. I do like Andy's mom. She's pretty fun. Speaking of Andy's mom, so I realized we've done little spotlights about all of the actors, including like some of the side actors and mm-hmm. we never did one for andy's mom's oh, voice actor this so is I'm the perfect do that. place to put it <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna do that right now her name is Lori metcalf she has done a lot of theater and she actually has two tony awards oh. she won a uh, best actress for a play in 2017 for her performance in a doll's house part two and best featured actress in a play for the 2018 revival of three tall women she was a cast member of Saturday Night Live for literally one single episode. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she she was hired to replace a cast member who was fired, like, right at the end of the season before the last episode. And so she did the last episode of that season, and then they went on hiatus, and they didn't ask her to, ha- to come back for the next season. Dang, that's pretty rough. <laughs> I know. Um, she played... The character Jackie Harris on Roseanne, and she oh, okay. won several awards for for her performance. Um, she's also appeared on shows like Malcolm in the Middle, Frasier, Portlandia, Grey's Anatomy, and The Big Bang Theory. She played Sarah Hawkins in Disney's Treasure Planet, and Lucille Crunklehorn Robinson in Meet the Robinsons. Oh, okay, she's that voice too. Yeah, and she also played in the movie Lady Bird, which I think was came out a few years ago. She mm-hmm. played Marion McPherson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't realize how much stuff she's been in. I know. I didn't realize that either. I didn't realize, like, I never correlated the voice with Jackie from Roseanne. Because <laughs> I know who that character is. Um, we used to watch it back in the 90s. And now that I think about it, I'm like, it does sound like Jackie. <laughs> I've never watched that show, so I I don't know. But I I have seen Meet the Robinsons a lot. Mm-hmm. That's Maybe not a lot, movies. but several times. I feel like it's very underrated. Like, it got really bad reviews when it came out, but I really like it. I really liked it, too. It's a fun movie. I want to say that is one of like my top five movies it's pretty good and, and now i want to watch it again just to hear just to hear her just to hear her in there right <laughs> yeah that's all i have about that okay about her <laughs> so moving along at the one minute 51 timestamp, we see a close-up shot of red plastic monkeys being lowered down the side of andy's house 
It then cuts to another shot revealing that the monkeys are being lowered down by the other toys from Andy's window. Slinky says, it's too short. We need more monkeys. Rex says, there aren't any more. That's the whole barrel. And the two minutes <laughs> ends there. It actually ends with him not That's even finishing bear. saying barrel. It just says bear. <laughs> yes. I, that's one of my favorite lines in this whole movie for one, um, it's too short. We need more monkeys. <laughs> and then Rex saying, there aren't any more. That's the whole barrel. That is one of my favorite things too, because he sounds so panicked and he's like shaking the little barrel. <laughs> <laughs> he like shows, shows, turns it to show that it's empty and he just tosses, tosses it to the it. side. I know. I th- I think I had a barrel of monkeys when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I remember having several variations of barrels of monkey. Like they were the same brand, but they were different colors. So I had blue barrels of monkey. I had the original red ones and I had yellow ones. I've heard that like the yellow ones are harder to find now maybe i'm making that up but it seems like some i don't know maybe it's just that they're like toy story collectors are out specifically looking for the yellow barrel of monkeys because that's the one in the movie right maybe it's not that they're hard to find but that those are the ones that people are always looking for right yeah i feel like whenever something is in a movie that for sure is always going to be either sold out or higher priced because it's something that's very sought after. I looked up a little bit on Wikipedia about the history of the Barrel of Monkeys. Mm-hmm. And Wikipedia tells me that they were created in 1961 by a greeting card salesman named Leonard Marks. He was in a, a small mom and pop shop to sell his line of cards. And as he waited for the shop owner, he fiddled with an open box of snow tie replacement chain links he became so engrossed engrossed in playing that he did not realize how much time had passed and he thought that he that the links would make a great toy Hmm. and i mean it's kind of a longer story about how they how they ended up becoming monkeys but they were originally they were released in 1965 and they were originally packaged in a cardboard tube. That's interesting. But it had like a plastic monkey attached to the lid. And then it says that the monkeys would easily break off the packaging. And so they created the plastic barrel in 1966. And then in 1967, the game was number two on Toy and Hobby's Toy and Hobby World's Toy Hit Parade chart. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I always had fun games like that to play with people, but because I was the youngest and my siblings are so far spread apart, I was always playing by myself. (laughs) Oh. So I would be there by myself just picking up all the monkeys, just creating a long chain of monkeys. (laughs) I would also try to make myself jewelry out of the monkeys, so I'd have like a monkey necklace. I'd have a monkey bracelet. (laughs) Oh. That's cute. So when Bo is like holding her crook out to hold the monkeys and Rex is saying, there aren't any more. That's the whole barrel. Bo turns her neck towards him 
to look at him. Mm-hmm. And her neck, the way it bends, it just looks super weird. Yeah. It's like, so I am i don't know anything about how 3D animation works, but just from looking at it, I would guess that, like, most of her neck is not able to be articulated. Exactly. Because <laughs> it kind of, because, like, the bottom of her neck just stays still, and then it's, like, the top of her neck that, like, looks over and almost looks like it's folding yeah. on itself. It doesn't look natural at all. What they could have done... Which I know this was in 1995 and they were still learning how to do it. But um, they could have just made her head turn. Instead of trying to make the head and the neck turn. Like she has like a neck or a head that can turn. I don't know. I don't know if porcelain toys could do that though. Maybe some kinds. Some if they have like a ball and joint socket from the neck onto the head. And they have like a little area to where it's not like scraping yeah so something i think i had a porcelain doll that could do that but i don't know if like a porcelain figurine like a lamp figurine like bow would need that kind of articulation but it just looks like they made it to where her model the bottom half of or like most of her neck can't move yeah they made it kind of awkward looking (laughs) yeah I mean, just like at a glance, it looks fine. But when you look at it, when you look at it for too long. It's a little uncomfortable to look at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And while you're watching the movie, you don't pay attention. But when you're dissecting the movie two minutes at a time, that's when you notice it. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. And (laughs) you can see like a weird on the side of her neck. There's like a weird little angle. Mm Mm-hmm. Poking out just barely from the side of her neck. <laughs> it's it's really weird. Well, I'm glad that they've figured out more stuff as more movies have been pushed out. <laughs> How to make those neck turn without it looking weird. Yes. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, as far as this clip goes, that's pretty much all I have to talk about. I actually have one more thing. Ooh, do tell. So when I first watched through this clip for this episode, I was like, wait a second. Why would they be worried that Buzz is dead, basically, (laughs) or that he's hurt? Because it's just like, he's just falling from the window, and he's, like, made of heavy-duty plastic. Like, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, he could break, or... Mm -hmm. You know, Sid's house is on that side, so they're worried about him getting lost or Sid finding him or something like that. Right. Or they probably think, like, Andy's going to be sad. That's our owner. We don't want him to be sad. Yeah. But also, like, Mr. Potato Head is calling Woody a murderer, and, like, obviously he's being overdramatic, but, like, why would he even think that? Right. That's true. And then late in the next clip we're about to talk about, Woody, when Buzz shows up, Woody's like, Buzz, you're alive! Like he thought he might be dead. I know. What's wrong with these toys? <laughs> I mean, maybe a toy could die from falling off a window. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they're using the same logic, like if somebody were to fall off a tall building. 
I guess. That's probably what they're thinking. Because maybe, like, if Andy watches something and, like, someone happens to fall off of a building and they die, maybe they think, like, oh, well, if I fall out of this window, I'm going to die because that's logic. (laughs) I know. But, like, Buzz is a, like, heavy-duty plastic toy. I mean, his arm comes off later when he falls. But... But, yeah, he's still fine. It's not like he's, like, near death or anything. He's just a little scuffed up. Maybe it really was just that they thought Sid would get a hold of him and he would would die. I know. (laughs) He would torture him. But whatever they think, they think he's dead. Yeah. Or at least injured. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, hmm. Maybe they're just overreacting. I think they're overreacting because I can't think of anything else like if he's dead or like Sid, maybe they just think like he's brand new. He doesn't know where he is, so he's going to get lost in the bushes or something. I don't know. Maybe that cat Whiskers. Darn it, Whiskers. Maybe Whiskers is going to get him. That's another one of my favorite scenes. I can't wait till that clip. Whiskers. <laughs> Just so he gets so with mad a at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait for that part. <laughs> I feel like it's coming up. I think I maybe know, like relatively next, soon. Yeah. In the next couple of episodes, if not like the next three or four episodes, that's when it's going to show. After all the Pizza Planet stuff, I think. Yes. And maybe some with Sid's room. I don't remember. I don't remember either. We're just we're just gonna have to find out. Yep. Well, do you have anything else to say about this clip? Nope. That was my that was my last thing. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts and send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time. Bye. Bye.